And welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Skeeter, and along with me as usual are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Great. Howdy, y'all. Well, fellas, it's uh, another segment, another edition of Summer in Front of the Fan. And we've got two fans that wanted to come on this week. First off is Sam Bruce. How you doing, Sam? Doing good, Skeeter. Cole, Case, thanks for having me. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Of course, man. Uh, and then Uncle Truman uh, on Twitter, or if you want to use his day name, Caden. Yeah, that's that's solely for Woods, Water, and Mizzouk podcast people. So <laughs> if you want to know my true identity, you got to listen to this podcast. That's right. <laughs> that's only, get, only getting that right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just kind of give you all a little bit of background uh, that I got on from pre-show sam has been on mizzou campus since fall of 2020 uh he's in his graduate going into his graduate year right now he's finishing up a summer internship in st louis he will have a double double major in accounting with a minor in economics with certificate in tax accounting so he's pretty smart sucker and current student at the university of missouri golly brother is there anything you left out? Is there anything you're not taking with Mizzou? Um, about a, several gen eds I took in high school for college credit. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, the kitchen sink's about the only thing not I'm not taking in. So good. It's been heavens. a blast. It's been a blast though. On crazy, it's my last year at school, so gonna try yeah. to enjoy it the most. Yeah, I bet, man. I bet. Well, you gotta that's, balance that's funds. Impressive. Because we gave a bunch of money to a player for NIL, we're gonna call you. It's make the make the tax numbers work. <laughs> hey, I can I can do that for you in a couple of years after I get my CPA license. I can do any tax work for a living. You just gotta give me a call. So I'll be your guy. Sam. That boy, <laughs> Sam. We'll, we'll get to you. <laughs> and then uh Caden, Uncle Truman, he's like me. He's from Southwest Missouri, uh, amongst the Arkansas, Kansas, OU slop. Uh, come out and was blessed to be born into a black and gold family graduate. He, he did make a bad choice on colleges. Uh, he went to college in Kansas at the university of Pitt state. He's a gorilla. Uh, I'm ashamed and, of it. My, my tax dollars going to Kansas. I'm sorry, fellas. You, be all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. you know what? Just as a fellow in my double a brother though, I respect it. I got my That's Missouri right. Western Griffins banner there up go. there. There, so. you go. there you go. And my double A guy stand strong. Yeah. Oh, Mo West. Good heavens. I've heard Mo West reference in a long time. And it wasn't even from you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Caden, we're, we're excited to have you on, Sam, as well. Uh, it's It's been a real fun addition this summer when it's been slow on news to be able to, to get to learn the fan base a little bit. Uh, but just kind of going into it real quick, uh, fall camp has started and Drinkwitz had a press conference Sunday and I wrote down some notes, uh, of some, some talking points I wanted us to talk about. And Drinkwitz was asked how different his coaching style will be during camp with having Kirby Moore as offensive coordinator. He said it's going to be the same as always. Uh, he always let coach Bush. Uh, run the offense, call plays, but the the one thing that will be different is he'll be able to bounce around to different meetings, meeting rooms, 
and kind of let Kirby take full control of the offense. Uh, he did put an emphasis on he's going to be very involved on the choice of quarterback, which that's not surprising. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's oh, I would expect that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I mean, it, it, I guess it could be a way for him to be like, well, look, it wasn't wasn't my <laughs> scapegoat. Don't, don't blame me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Scapegoat Kirby Moore. Um, but yeah, that I, I I don't know if I would have it any other way. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's obviously going to take a couple of the other you know coaches' opinions into it. But uh, yeah, yeah, you would expect that. You expect a head coach to have. 51% vote, right? So mm-hmm. I want to just real quick on that. I really like the setup right now. And what it reminds me of a lot, and I'm going to be like, you know, old-timey Missouri resident here with my high school team. This reminds me of my high school setup, which I loved. I played for Greg Jones at Kearney. He's the current UCMD coordinator. But he was the head coach. He had offensive coordinator he really trusted. He had defense corner. And the only thing, he obviously oversaw everything quarterback's coach too so he was always the quarterback's main connection because it's his team and the quarterback is you know the number one, he's like the one he's like the coach in the field for your team as he should be for your offense so um this is my ideal setup um and i know there's a lot of talk like when we hired him to be offensive coordinator or to be offensive coach he should also be offensive coordinator it's not working out sure but this is my ideal setup is have your head coach working with the quarterbacks and overseeing the team and then you got it then you know obviously you can veto any play called but um, I love the setup right now. Obviously, it's homey to me. It's what it feels like. This is what my 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 ideal setup would feel like. But um, I really like this. It allows him a little bit of time to be making some calls to some five stars and keep recruiting as there's a couple of big announcements coming up. Come on, Williams. Weeks. Yeah, I agree. Ryan Wingo, I we guys. need you. Wingo Williams, let's go. W's. <laughs> That's right. I, I just think of all the moving parts that, are happening at a football practice. I mean, it's, it really is like organized chaos. And to think that the first few years of drinks tenure, he's just had to kind of solely be focused on the job of the offense. I think it's, it's going to be encouraged. It's encouraging for me to see that he's going to be able to maybe spread himself out a little bit more, um, and, and do more traditional, um, role of a head coach. And I'm like, you case, I, I played football a couple of years growing up and, and even with that, um, like our high school has an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, so I think this is only going to improve things for us. Yeah. Makes sense to kind of delegate. You take too much upon yourself and next thing you know, you're, you know, just, just barely keeping your head above water and, We've covered it a thousand times. Other podcasts covered it a thousand times. Every expert on Twitter or X now, whatever the hell it is, has covered it a thousand times. So, yeah, we're, uh, golly, I'm tired of talking about it. I'll tell you that. I'm ready to see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he did uh, touch on quarterbacks, and he gave five things that they're really looking for from the quarterbacks. Toughness. Uh, I think that you got to put Brady Cook at the top with that, knowing what he played through last year. Uh, preparation, being able to study film and understand what the game plan is going into the week and reading defenses and, and play calling and all that. His decision-making uh, in the game, uh, you know, and it, he said he don't want somebody to just play it safe. 
you know, don't want the check down every time. If there's somebody running the same route or, or, or post, whatever, like try to push it, but they got to be accurate. Uh, that was accuracy was a big thing for him and leadership, which uh, I don't want to say this too much because Cole being a former quarterback, it probably make his head <laughs> a little big, but you know, your, your quarterback should be the leader of the team. Uh, if they can't rally the team, then uh, I don't, I don't know that that team set up for success. And then he went through individually on each quarterback, kind of what they're seeing uh, or some, some things that they were looking at. And he said, Brady, he's just got to see how fast he gets back up to speed. Uh, missing spring ball after the surgery. Uh, Sam Horn said he's faster than you think. Great arm, but he doesn't have the game reps uh, that the other quarterbacks have. And so he, he's behind in that aspect. Uh, for Jake Garcia and Dylan Liable, said they're really, really good arms. Both of them really athletic in-game experience, but they've got to get caught up to the system and what the coaches want them to do in this offense. And then uh, Gabari, the true freshman out of Washington, he said they're they're really just now getting to learn what he can do, uh, seeing his athleticism and his arm talent and all that. So uh, I don't know if anything stuck out to you all on any of that as far as the, the five qualities or – either quarterback. So I watched, I saw that. And then I watched the, uh, you shout out to the Columbia news, man. Their, their Twitter have been putting out highlights of all these quarterbacks. And I love that. Um, here's what I've seen so far. Here's my opinion. Of what we got so far is Brady cooks good. Number one reps. Pretty cook is making passes. And I'm going to sound like such a jerk here, but I just don't love the look of his, of the ball he throws. It just it's never a tight, tight spiral. Jake Garcia's always is. And then he's too young. But Gabar's is the best. I, I'm sorry, but my favorite highlight was was Johnson's. I think I understand he's not gonna play this year, but I think he's the best quarterback on this roster. Again, he needs to mature, he needs to get better. But I think the best QB at Mizzou right now is Gabari Johnson. And I think maybe next year he's gonna be our starter. So I was Blown away with his highlight. Every ball was crisp. On the he, his timing was the best. And again, this is on air, but his timing was the best. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm really excited for that kid. He just his movements look the part already. And you know this is a podcast for Mizzou homers, so you know what do I know? But man, his <laughs> his, his highlights really were getting me excited. Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. It's a good problem to have. Like. As much of a pain in the butt but as it is sometimes to you know wonder who's our, who's going to be our starting quarterback in what is it three weeks from tomorrow? Um, yeah. I guess by the time this four, podcast drops, it'll be four, four, weeks. Weeks. four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks. Okay, yeah. so four weeks from the time this podcast drops, you know we're sitting here wondering who the heck it's going to be. We've been doing it all off season, um, but Dad coming, it's a good problem to have. You know what I mean? It's like having a garage full of. High-end luxury cars—you just you don't know which one you want to take out for the day, or you know make your make your daily driver. So it, it'll be very interesting to see what rolls out if if somebody wins a job like in this next week or two. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see a what media coverage comes of that. You know what we start seeing running with the ones, um, and then also what reports are coming out of training camp because there's a lot of eyes there, obviously. 
past two days they've been practicing on the indoor facility, so everything's kind of concentrated. But um, I think once they get outside, you know, may kind of like kind of dull down the media. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's no, you know, crow's nest or eagle's nest or whatever to kind of observe that stuff. So they were outside today for the first time. Were they okay? Yeah. It was a nasty day here. Humid. Good heavens. Yeah. It was. Uh, man, Sam, were you in Columbia yet? Sam, are you back in Columbia? Uh, no, I'm in St. Louis still. It was Louis. cool. Okay. It was. I'm still in St. Louis for another week and a half. But no, St. Louis. It was nice and cool all day. It would have been good to be outside. But I hear back in Columbia, and like I'm from Jeff City originally. It's like nasty, ninety, and humid as humid as a you know what. It's disgusting. It's amazing. Yeah, man, wouldn't it be nice though if if we had someone just grab the job by the horns in the next couple of weeks before our first game? Did you absolutely? Say Did you say by the horn? There is that what you're yeah. doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh. No pun intended there. Let, I'll give you my opinion on it. I think that you know you get a lot of coach speak from from coaches this time of year. I I really believe those comments that Skeeter just said from Coach Drink were was drink being 100% authentic. I, I, I don't think that he knows. I can tell you my opinion though. I, I always go back to the question. Why did Jake Garcia transfer here? Mm-hmm. Why did he transfer here? Cause you can't tell me that he, he transferred here with the idea that there is a possibility that he's going to be the third string quarterback on this team. Absolutely. So, so why is he here? I mean, if, if Sam Horn hasn't stepped up to the plate at this point or we haven't seen the strides that we need to, that's a little concerning to me. Um, last year, I know Brady was hurt. I know. and but, but the concerns that I had was even on like the short and intermediate throws, he was inaccurate a lot of the time. Um, so I'm putting my chips in on a guy. Whenever I watch those highlight tapes, he puts some zing on it, man, and Jake yes. Garcia. I mean, he flat zings it, and I want someone that can really stretch the field with the weapons that we have at receiver, and I think that he might be the best guy to do it for us. I agree. I, I think team dad strength. I, I think That's when, right. we, <laughs> when we get to live practices where it's pads and a defense he's throwing against, that's going to tell us a lot more. Uh, a lot of these throws we've been seeing, it looks like the receivers or tight ends or what are – pretty well stationary waiting on the pass uh, for the most part. And yeah, so, or it's on air. Yeah, yeah, being able to to throw and stride and, you know, that, that receiver's going to run a little bit different when he's being uh, bumped at the line or, or being pressed or uh, going across the middle and got a linebacker or, or worried about uh, Carnell or anybody coming up and putting a pop on him. So, you know, the, the timing and everything will change when you get other guys to go out there. Uh, Sam, we we didn't let you touch on the last one there, but what do you uh, think on any of this on quarterbacks or anything before? Um, I think that I like what everybody said. Um, I like Drinkwitz being completely authentic and being kind of the CEO of the team and the program and making sure that he's got the best 22 guys on the field. And the most important of the 22, obviously, is uh, the quarterback. I think sometimes Drinkwitz can get caught in his ways and that he kind of sticks with his guy. And so I truly believe that when he said it's Brady's job to lose, I truly think that 
it is Brady's job to lose. I think he gained the benefit of the doubt by his play the second half of the season last year. But I, I like Uncle Truman said, I want somebody to take this job by the horns and camp and just run with it. And whoever the team galvanizes and rallies around, I think that's the guy you got to roll out with in week one. And I don't think there is going to be, you know, a bona fide starter until I think about week three of the season when Kansas State comes to town because that's really the first big test. And we'll know for sure, hopefully by then, who the true number one guy is at quarterback. I Honestly, I would be shocked if there's a clear number one by the end of fall camp. You know, somebody may yeah. get the nod week one. Um, but I would say, I would hope that going into Kansas State, that which is week three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, they would have to be. I would hope that there's yeah. like solidified, you know, maybe even 85, 90% solidified. Okay. Yeah. Hey, here's, here's who we're riding with until we see different. You have to, when you go to an actual big game like that, you need, you need to know your quarterback is, but to what Sam said, um, I fully expect to see, in my opinion, what's happening. We're going to see a Brady cook versus uh Garcia show and game one. You know, they're going to give each guy half, see what happens, because you should be able to beat South Dakota. Mid-10 is going to be a little tougher test. Um, I've been joking because Jake Garcia lost to mid-10 last year as a Miami oh Hurricane. <laughs> and so I said that he's going to win the job when he goes uh, scorched earth trying to re- avenge the loss he had last year versus mid-10. Right. So, but no, I agree with Uncle Truman. I, I, love, I love the ball Jake Garcia throws. Um, I think he's insanely talented. Um but it's a tale of two quarterbacks because, as you guys said, dude, Brady Cook's got the legs. He's tougher nails, but he does not throw an attractive-looking ball. <laughs> <laughs> that really upsets me. I, I think one thing for us to pay attention to that will kind of tell us how camp's going is watch the transfer portal. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if one of these guys sees somebody getting above them uh, and they – they kind of feel there's writing on the wall. Who's to say they don't they don't jump in? And you know Absolutely. that that's something yeah. for another whole other topic. But they really need to get that transfer portal window nailed down to where guys can't. It, it's it's not fair to the team to the coaches. I don't feel to go through you know spring ball and all the summer workouts and then fall camp. And then you up and leave. Uh, I don't. I don't feel that's right in any way. I mean, because what if they go to a competitive team that we're playing against, and you know, well, now they've got inside secrets, and coaches will bring them on just for that reason. But getting back onto his presser, you know, the motto STP, something to prove, has been their banner this year. Uh, and he, he touched on it, you know, and we've all heard the STP thing. But one thing that really stuck out on it, he said he wants to prove to the players that came back that they made the right choice. And I feel he has made a promise to a bunch of these guys on defense and offense that came back and got them to buy in. And he feels that pressure. He does not want to let these kids down. And, I mean, just the tone of his voice, the look in his eyes, like I felt that when he said that. It wasn't just words. Yeah. So I like that you mentioned that. that remind, when he said that, it reminded me of something. Do you remember uh, Mietti, the center we got from Rutgers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So when he got him to commit to Mizzou, Drinkwitz told him, I promise you, I'm going to get you to a bowl game. Because Rutgers had been, well, they got the nickname Butgers because they were terrible. Uh, so Butgers was terrible. And Mighty, he's like, I want to go to a bowl game. I've never been to one, and I want one so bad. His first year here, he didn't get one because of COVID. And his second year, things were pretty dire. Remember, that was not an impressive season uh, by the Mizzou Tigers. We had a breakout, all the stops, and beat Florida to in overtime to, to go to mm-hmm. a bowl game. And uh, Drinkwitz said his post game for them was, I made a promise at the start of the season to Marcus that I was going to get him to a bowl game. And that was all that was on my mind when we went to overtime that game was I was going to fulfill my promise to him. And does that not feel a lot like what Skeeter just mentioned? Is that he made a promise to these guys that we're going to do something. And you know, it was only six and six, but he fulfilled his promise. I feel like I feel like this team is galvanized enough where he's going to fulfill his promise with this one. We're going to have a good season here at Mizzou. I think it's more than a six and six promise. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I agree. What I'm saying is, do you see like the correlation between yes. those two? Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Fire. It fires me up as a fan, and I think I was listening to some other SC. I think I was. I was listening to that SEC podcast because uh, I usually listen to it Shout all the time at work. Shout guy. out, cousin love, Shane, love honorary Tiger. Love him. That's right. Uh, Until he played Tennessee. Until until we played Tennessee, yeah, and they even noted like Drinkwitz walking around at media day. He was a lot more like subdued and more like a business owner. He wasn't out, you know, trying to get bulletin board material for all these other teams because that's kind of that's why a lot of SEC fans love Drinkwitz because he says he'll start running his mouth and uh, get that bulletin board material. So no, I I love the way his tone has been to start, you know, the camp, fall camp and he's handled He's matured a lot as a coach, which in year four, you expect that, you know, as a program. Yeah. I think an even deeper meaning maybe behind those words is that in today's times with the transfer portal, it takes a special brand of kid to say, I'm not entering that. And, and especially for our kids, because a lot of them could have gone to the NFL this last year. It takes a special kid to say, no, I'm going to see this through and stick to my original team, but also try to up my stock this next year. Um, and, and I do think that there's probably a, a promise that he had to those guys that, hey, stick around here, do something special for a team that, you know, isn't a perennial Bama, Georgia type and really make a name for yourself and, and take a route that's less traveled um, because it's going to be something that you're going to be remembered for. Yeah. And it wasn't even just, it's not like he just convinced one person, you know, I'm sure coach Baker had a huge uh, part in that as well, but three guys that I can just name off the top of my head, Hopper, D Robin, KD, um, that probably could have, gotten drafted or you know oh, at least throw, that, rake, throw rake straw in there too people are still sleeping on rake straw Easy. yeah yeah um you know so those four you know those four key pieces that paid a ton of downs i mean hopper is probably the biggest one for me aside from i mean i don't know i don't even want a single out just one of them just because they all contribute so much to it but um for him to convince four of those very very key pieces to come back I mean, if he could have 
convinced McGuire to come back too, and DJ Coleman. That would have been that would have been huge. But I don't know what that would have done for our scholarship. So I'm sure there's a a rhyme and a reason for it. I'm excited for John Moore and Austin Firestone to fill those roles, and I I think they'll do it seamlessly. I really do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that that was something you know he talked about competition. He competition was probably his most used word uh, in that presser, and he said it's at every position. You know, he, he said aside from left tackle, the offensive line has probably eight guys that could start. Uh, and it could be in a – if a guy's not working at center, he could possibly be pulled out and played somewhere else along the line. And he said they are not – nobody, even the returners from last year, do not have their job guaranteed. Uh, if somebody else comes in and, and they're more hungry or or more deserving of it as far as what they're putting on practice. And he, he talked about defensive ends. There's eight guys – in the rotation there's four defensive tackles that have game experience <laughs> who's the first two going to be on the field you know you've only got so many plays to get these guys in the game and man you know that stp when he when he's talking about all these kids and all the, how deep the positions are you know that that promise because he he's got guys on the roster that he could replace some of them with they might not have had the game experience but he brought them back, and how much better of a team are we going to have not only this year but the years to come because these guys are getting to learn under these upperclassmen coming back with the game experience. They're getting to go up against them in practice and learn techniques, and, you know, it's going to put the fuel to the fire for them. But also he was asked about the receivers, how hard is it going to be for them going up against – this secondary, you know, as, as loaded as we are. And he kind of, that's kind of when you saw Drinkwood smile, that kind of chilling grin come on his face. And he said, it's his job as head coach to make sure our coordinators don't get too competitive in practice. (laughs) For offense, it's not Kirby's Moore's job to call plays that just work against our defense. It's to actually install the offensive set that he wants to use into the season. It is like, okay, let's go. Like, you know, I can't wait for them two live game uh, practice or two live scrimmages that they get in these 25 practices and see what these guys are against each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so for me, man, I agree with the last part. I love that. I love that uncut uh, diamonds series they did because you really saw how competitive these guys get at each other. But also, man, what I'm excited for is uh, – and this stuff is – we have great what, cornerbacks, and we've got a really talented wide receiver room. Man, iron sharpens iron on those guys. So I am – again, like you like you said, I want to make sure that they're, uh, they're not just running routes that you know that you know one of these guys is weak against. But you've got to think that has got to absolutely in, like, really increase his players' skills, man. It's going – you know, you got – Two cornerbacks could have gone to the NFL. You got a room pool of four stars and a five star. Man, you got to think that the talent level is just getting better and better with these guys just duking it out in practice. Yeah, it's exciting. One hundred percent. I I also think you you look at um, the experienced defensive line we've got and all the talent we've had we have on it, 
and we have an offensive line that struggled last year. Um, but we we've added some talent into it this past off season. Think about how it's going to improve that offensive line and cohesiveness to go up against those guys that we have on the defensive line every day in practice. Um, that's encouraging to me because I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of teams that the offensive line is going to see this year that have the dudes that we've got. Absolutely. Right. I totally agree, man. Yeah. There's NFL players in our D line. And so you're saying if this old line could gel against them, you know, some of these teams aren't going to seem so stout. And then uh, just something real quick on video I was watching of, I believe it was practice yesterday. I believe it was indoors. Uh, there were quarterbacks rolling out and pitching. Are we going to have an option? Hey, man, every good call team has an option play. That's right. Yes. Especially if you get athletic quarterbacks. Be, yeah. Yeah. My Chiefs run options sometimes. Yeah. So it's obviously a, a valuable play. Yeah. I mean, if you've got athletic quarterbacks and athletic backs and athletic linemen that can pull, um, yeah. Why not have that but in your I, back pocket? I did see that skier and I got excited. I was like, hell yeah, more options. <laughs> yeah. More yeah. options. Let's go. <laughs> you know, drink, you know, drink and Kirby Moore were like, all right, listen, first like couple plays when the media's just absolutely honed in, they're like, we're going to run a couple options. We're going to throw this in there. They're going to get to talking about it and stuff like that. And then we're not going to run it. That's exactly we're not going to run it. Exactly <laughs> how that meeting went. <laughs> And then we don't use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, I, I think I can speak for all Mizzou fans, though. I am fine with the option as long as I don't have to see 25 screenplays and halfback draws a game anymore this yes. year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I was yep. sick and tired of it last year, seeing those two plays at least probably 10 times a game. Yep. If we can just get some diversity on offense, that's why I'm so excited about Kirby more because yep. I think we're going to stretch mm-hmm. the field. Um. I, I am pumped for the the opportunity to see some more exciting offense. I like you said that because like the hallmark of when you knew Drink was calling plays last year was like three screens in a row. You're like, oh well, Drink, Drink's got the headset right now. He's the <laughs> one calling. <laughs> and the Tyler. To his credit, I think I think the logic was I just want to get the the ball in Luther's hands and let him do something. Yeah. But, yeah. But there's got to be I think there's got to be a better way. You can go downfield to him. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And Uncle Truman, I, I was thinking it earlier and I uh, just heard Cole say it there. Uh, you know, when you said Jake Garcia didn't come here as a promise for third string quarterback, but he might have got to see the Tyler making fourth down plays. Right. And yeah, fourth said, down hey, special. Let me get some of that action. <laughs> I can do that. He's like, listen, I've got, I've got six plays for you all year long. They're all yours, man. Yeah. They're all going to be on the Real hard on fourth right. down. <laughs> They're never going to yeah. see it coming. Trust never me. Never gonna never gonna think, we're never going to know. We're never going to play. They're going to think we are. I hate that pass. When I do have you pass, it'll be behind the line of scrimmage, throwing yes. backwards, so it's not an interception. It's a fumble. <laughs> it's a fumble. <laughs> Kentucky. And we're going to throw, yeah. oh, we're gonna throw you in yeah. a couple times versus, uh, versus Georgia. We're going to have yeah. you start a series versus Georgia, and, uh, and then that'll be it. The, the one thing from the, from the highlights that, you know, I've heard a lot of people say if Brady's starting quarterback that they, they're not watching a game. If – to me, I, I don't care which quarterback it is. 
if it's Brady, you know, I'm, I'm going all in on him. But, uh, man, if it's just Pete and Schrader at running back, because I'm seeing that Robert's kid on some of these highlights. Tavares Jones, too. I think – I hope I hope they use him a lot because – we got some horses coming out of the backfield. For uh, sure. But did yeah. you see that quote today from Looper about um about Schrader? No. All right. This not. got tweeted. So a big social media that put this out. Uh, this is about Schrader from Looper. He refuses to be outworked, so you better be more talented and work as hard as him to beat him out for anything. Yeah. The thing about Schrader is he does everything correct. I understand that most talented guy. But we're going to see a bunch of Schrader this season because I think he's just – Effort. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. He's going to move the pile three yards just by pure leg turning. And it, it, to, to me, it looks like he's put on – which, I mean, it looks like a bunch of the guys have put on. I don't know what they did. Off-season workouts, and Drake touched on that on, on some of his uh, presser. But he said these guys are buying in on their diets. Yeah. You know, that, that they're mm-hmm. leaner, you know – Fat wise than they've ever been in their life. Yeah, or bulkier muscle. And you know, that could be huge for him because Cody's never going to beat you in a track race. But if he can get that <laughs> truck stick skill learned, oh yeah, one more yard. he's going to be a problem. Just yeah, yard, uh, that's more yard. Well, I don't want to talk yes. about that because that Georgia <laughs> game was painful. But I'm saying yeah. if he's got the little skill set, we can start bowling through a couple guys. You know, the Jerome right. Bettis ass set. Yeah, he might. He's going to be dangerous. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and running back a position where luckily. For him, it it can be more of an effort position than I think maybe any other position on a football field. That no one. Um, it, yeah, if you got a line opening up a hole for you, I mean, anyone could run through it, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> As fans, so, we say that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's easy for me to say from my couch, sh- maybe. Yeah. I, no, I'm I always say that. Like, that from my grandma could have got to that hole. Come on. You could have drove my truck through that hole. What are yep, you looking at? Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, he doesn't fumble, knock on wood, but in his jinx yeah. for the season, oh, right? Yeah. Thanks for that case. Um, it, he, he got good, <laughs> he's got good security. He's not fast. He, I think he was a strong owner beforehand, but yeah, get a little weight on him. He might, you know, unlock that trucks, that truck stick skill set. It's all them, uh, it's all them that Brotherhood Wednesdays I had all them food trucks out of Pharrell on like Wednesday nights, and they were just. Pigging out, man. Cole, I want to shout that out because I've seen other schools doing that. Like Michigan did it, and it looked like some it looked like some Costco chicken tendies and some yeah. bad oh mac and cheese. Oh my yes! Did y'all see yes. that? Y'all yes. see that? Yeah, oh, Harbaugh, I did. Yes, Harbaugh, Harbaugh broke out the uh, the Walmart chicken tendies and mac and cheese. Yeah, he did. I'm so glad that our school did it Meanwhile, right and feeding those boys good food. You know Meanwhile, what I'm saying? Drinks got Bud's barbecue. Yeah, back uh, in the there truck we go. Up, some group, yeah. some player like shared a plate like threw it at the big house, and it was just the worst looking thing I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> it was like a, it was. I know what you're talking about, Case. It was like a couple of so- like grocery store chicken tenders, yep. and like a boil boiled hot dog with like a soggy bun, or like it was open <laughs> yep. up on a pa- on a paper plate. I was like, oh my god, that Harbaugh, <laughs> that self suspension for four games for buying cheeseburgers, it cut right. cut him out of his budget. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it looked terrible. I made me laugh. I was like, thank God the drink's doing it right. Well, well is there anything else um, Zoo sports-related news? Yes. Anything you want to touch yeah. on? Yes. Yes. Basketball team buddy. went to Dadgum Jamaica. Son. Jamaica, yeah. 
basketball team they did yeah and i heard that grill was just unstoppable just lights out man lights out nick honor told you best shooter in the country mark it down i think nick honor was right yeah they also looked like it looked like good time down there trent pierce did do well too yeah trent pierce and jordan butler next trent Trent pierce jordan butler looked Uh, fantastic I don't know who the hell they were playing, but he had a double double against them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he he could be a guy that can get some some serious playing time this year. You never know. Um, no, I think you're right. And he, the highlights that I've seen, I'm really excited. Noah, I know Noah's a, a friend of the show, but I saw a highlight that the Hoops page put out of uh, Trent just blocking noah to another dimension I was like, <laughs> oh man i like that no, i like that don't, don't you know say anything bad about our boy what i'm going to say <laughs> is trent pierce is so good he was yes. able to block someone the likes of noah that's right and that bodes 100%. well for us that's true play. <laughs> that's true noah was probably thinking you know i'm an upperclassman this is freshman i'm just gonna dunk on him here uh i don't think noah's thinking Noah's thinking we need to get this game over with so we can get on the boat and go fish, yeah. <laughs> fish and capitalize on that while we're down here before we head back to the casa. We're gonna see a Noah's arc of them, you know, out on out in crystal clear blue water and be like, That's right. Why couldn't I do that? That looks so good. Right. Pull but no, just jerking. yeah, to reiterate uh what uh, what I was seeing a lot from the stuff they were putting out, Jor- Jor- I heard Jordan Butler. I that's a name that I think he can play a bigger role than what Aiden Shaw did last year. And then to go along with Pierce, I think those are two guys that could be two and, you know, into the NBA, which is a credit and I think could be a testament to this coaching staff and to Gates, you know, that, yes, we can take mature guys like a Kobe Brown or like a a Caleb Brill, refine them and turn them into, you know, league players, but we can take these talented freshmen, mature them, have them play for a couple of years and then ship them off, you know, to be, Potential lottery picks or first round picks bodes well for the program as well. Samuel, I like what you just said there, and it's funny because I was thinking about today uh, before the show. Um, it was when those uh, when Gabe put in those two uh, crystal balls for uh, Marcus Allen and um, Peyton, and okay. I was the first thing that came to my mind was what you said, Kobe Brown. Kobe, who we all love here, was a you know true tiger, the best player on our team. There's, there's no doubt out in that. But do you think if Gates had been nope? Do you think if Conzo had been here one more year, he would have got drafted first round? Because I don't. No, dude. He probably no no one does, right? Yeah. We all agree, no, no one chance. does. I think him going first round to the Clippers was the best recruiting tool that Gates could have possibly gotten. Oh, these players absolutely. see what he did with him, and, and there's no doubt in it. We oh yeah, we saw it all ESPN. What he did, he made him a first rounder. Well, involved in summer league. Yeah, it's not even. It's not even just Kobe. It's Des Moines. Like, yeah, Yeah. Des Moines. Des Moines had an absolute insane summer league. Absolutely. But I'm just saying, as you saw, you saw a guy who would have been a free agent summer league signee become a first rounder under Dennis Gates. Right. And in basketball, that is the most valuable thing possible because everyone's goal is to get to the next level. There's only five of them starting the court. Unlike football, where some of these guys, their goal is just to win it. You know. You get a lot more guys just there to win a natty in football because they know only so many go to the NFL. There's like 11 spots. NBA, it's a different transition, in my opinion. And I think seeing Kobe go first round was the best thing possible for our program. And I think that's why these two guys are 
you know, I think they're silent committed because Gabe never puts one in unless he's like 100% sure. But I think that's what happened. I think they saw that and they're like, oh, this this is this is an NBA factory. Like they're going to get me the pros. Yeah. And I I I love that. That's insane I think for us. Everyone that's... needs to watch out. Everyone needs to watch out because the Point class before there you are. with uh, Pierce, Burns, and, and Robinson, those guys were kind of hovering around like 100, ranked around 100. Mm-hmm. These guys, Crystal Ball, where are they at? Kind of closer to 50. Yeah. yeah. Give them another year, fellas. We could be getting the cream of the crop. That's right. Truman, that's exact. And it's okay. Both these guests are right on my wavelength. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing on that as well. I was like, give us another year of this, and we're going to be fighting KU that's for right. these prospects, like these top guys. I'm a Kansas City, and you know, everyone is. We're the yeah. KU fans. So I can't hear them getting the higher prospects than us, but give us another year of this, and we're going to be there. We're going to be fighting for these guys. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Did you guys see that article that I think uh, it was? maybe rivals put out they they interviewed some anonymous uh coaches across power five basketball and they asked like who they feared the most on the recruiting trail and uh dennis gates and cy uh, i did not but i love that I love, I love that dude <laughs> well you you think about that and you see where coach gates elevated his players and then like you know, you're a Kansas City guy. I live in Arkansas. So you see Musselman, you know, he's got a bunch of guys in the league. But, like, when they, they, get, didn't do the crap. League, when they get to the league, they're putting up numbers that they never touched in Arkansas. You know, uh, the bald-headed guy, I can't think of. Jordan, Jordan Walsh. Jordan yeah, Walsh, yeah. Had a really good summer, summer league, league for the Celtics. Never came close to those numbers in Arkansas. And so – if I'm a player or a player's parents and I see that, like, who's really setting my kid up for success here? Because Jordan Walsh was talked about being a lottery pick before he went to Arkansas and he ended up going to the second round. And now he's getting a chance to get out of that coaching system and ball out to where Colby was beginning of the year. Like, uh, there's possibility, but he's got a lot of work to do. He'd have to take a lot of coaching. Well, guess what? One year under Dennis Gates – first round NBA draft pick and it's correlating to on the court as well. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Anything I, I've seen coach Carrick Jackson tweet oh. out that signal. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. The player got, oh, my. Did you see the player? <laughs> no, like the, it's, the baseball well, recruiting does not come up like any other sport. Like it is. No, hard. I'm going to bring it up right now. Clarence Callaway, catcher, Atlanta, Georgia, to, six foot say, one. I know that it's a freshman catcher, and you guys, this is not, no one cares about baseball, but me. Um, I do. I love baseball. Hell I'm yeah, for it. I love it. This is the official podcast of Mizzou baseball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, a six one catcher. He's got pop. This is my favorite, absolute favorite build of a catcher. This is a Salvi build. You know, this is that yes. big power hitting. You know, he's only going to bat 250, but he's going to hit some absolute dongs for you. So I'm yeah. actually way more hyped about this. And what's more fun about baseball recruiting to me is the stars aren't really there, yeah. um, like the rating scale. So you just yeah. look at a player, look at look at like their build, look at how they play, and you get excited about that. And this is, if I had to pick my favorite type of catcher, this is it. So I'm actually pretty excited about this kid. And a Georgia kid, Georgia has good baseball players. Um, yeah, I like this get a lot. 
I don't know what the second Tiger's for. But yeah. My ideal build of a catcher is like jersey number four and cardinal red. Uh, kind of some tattoos here and there. <laughs> right. The guy, the guy wearing thirteen up there at Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, oh, no, let's go, Sam, y'all. I was, I was just at Kaufman. Uh, side, I was aside. I was at Kaufman Saturday, uh, for to see one of the rare Kansas City Royals because it's been bad this year. But the, we're on a, we're on a four game heater right now, and they're playing the Mets right now. We're owning them like we did in 50, 2015. So. Pretty excited about that. Oh, hey, that I was did. miserable time for Skeeter and I. Well, I can't yeah. speak for Skeeter because he probably wasn't down, but in the southwest part of the state, it's mainly Cardinal Red, including myself. But during 2015, there were some people that just came out of the woodworks. I had no idea you were a Royals fan. My dad, oh, was yeah. I bet. <laughs> hey, can I ask a question to Skeeter and Uncle Truman then? Yeah, so I've always, I know that it's big. Cardinals country, but like our double A team is down there. How does that work? I feel like I feel like having our double A team would salvage a lot of that, but does and no one care about the naturals at all? It's it's still your radio stations and stuff is Cardinals. Okay. Yeah. Uh you know the the T V contract back when that got our parents and stuff into it was Cardinals. Uh they were just much bigger market than the Royals and I mean, like 98, summer of 98, McGuire, you know, like that stuff just sang to my soul. But, uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, too. I I think that the naturals are actually kind of relatively new to the area. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are. They're so new that when I was in junior high, my, we used to go to Wichita Wranglers games, which was the old double A team for us. So I, I think I was like 16 or 15 when they even moved to Arkansas. So they, they've only been there for like 15 years. So I, they, maybe yeah. it'll even it out a little bit then. More maybe. people in Southwest Missouri will pay attention to Springfield Cardinals for double A. Uh, yeah. You know, I've got a best friend in Joplin the Dark Cardinals fan because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I did think about earlier today, and I want to start the petition here the new indoor practice facility. It's gorgeous, beautiful. Nothing hanging on the wall. Let's get that 1961 yep. national champion banner. Claim it. Claim 1960. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hell, if, if if UCF is out here claiming they won in 17, then I don't think there's anything wrong with going back to the 60s when they would just bicker about, you know, whoever was at the top of the AP poll. Exactly, and we were the only undefeated team that year. We uh, technically lost to the team. I shouldn't. I'm not going to say out loud with that, but they cheated. I know what you're so talking about. Yeah, we're the winner. I'm talking about. And then we beat ass in our uh, bowl game. So no reason we shouldn't claim that. I know Desiree listens to our podcast weekly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so please, uh, please let's make a petition. Let's, let's claim that. Let's you're doing a great job, ma'am. Keep up the great work. You are. You're the best. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love what you've done for my school, but we got to claim 1960. If, yeah. if we can get our schedules lined up, we're, we might be able to clear out some space to get you on one day. Yeah. We got a lot <laughs> right. of mad Kansas City radio hosts that want to come on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, my. I knew that was coming up. I knew, I knew it. 
fucking news coming up. <laughs> if I can, if I, I can find some time around Mad AM radio host to get you. Oh my gosh! I was waiting for how. I was waiting for how long that was going to come up. I was I like, I wonder who's going to be the. But I've had a few log boats go to Columbia Brand and. Hey. <laughs> Bobbers, yeah, dude, dude bobbing it up. <laughs> I think I got my like Royals tumbler. I got my Royals. Tumbler. I love That's that. About it. I love That's our, about it. Yeah, there you it's go. Logo, it's the best. Even down yes. here in Northwest Arkansas, everybody knows eight ten over six ten. Absolutely, Jay Stanerson. If you hear this, come on our show. There you go, man. <laughs> he never, he never hit us back on Twitter either. He liked it, but he never hit us back. Oh, see, I didn't even see that. He liked right, everything okay. he said about him. Let's huh. kind of roll. That doesn't in. matter. Back to work. Back to Mizzou stuff. Yeah, let, yeah. Let's roll in real quick to kind of get to know our guest a little bit more. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time to go too in depth, but uh, Sam, we'll start with you on this one. How did you become a Mizzou fan? Was is have you always been a Mizzou fan, or is it because that's where you go to school? Uh, no, I've always been a Mizzou fan. Uh, born into it. I'm from Jefferson City originally, so half hour south of Columbia. I grew up going to games. Uh, my family, we used to have season tickets. I think 2010 was my. I think yeah, 2010 was my first. The first time I went to Faroe, and I've just been a true sun tiger ever since go to school now so obviously they've got my money and sort of my degrees coming from but i was kind of born and raised you know into the black and gold so i wouldn't want it any other way hell yeah what about you there uncle truman well i want to start off by saying first it's unfortunate for sam and i that we have to be the guys on the episode after Brian and Tanya, like you can follow those two up. Like, so our backs are already up against the wall there. That's right. Um, I was also uh, born as a, a Mizzou fan. My dad was a big fan, and um, things really took off for me. Um, oddly enough, my family bought a kind of almost like a vacation house up in Holt Summit, Missouri, about uh, twenty-five minutes from Columbia, and we would go up on weekends. I had a little stocked pond and we would fish on that pond and we would go watch some Mizzou games in uh, the 2007 season. That's whenever we first moved up there. So, Oh, choice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a perfect storm, a perfect storm for me. So I got to enjoy um, some of the best years of Mizzou football um, growing up. So I love that story because one, it connects this whole podcast woods water and mizzou um so i like that you're a fisherman but like similar story to you is just my dad started dating this chick who had two daughters that went to mizzou in 2006 so like i always liked mizzou i wore mizzou t-shirts but i wasn't like that big of a fan and they started taking me to games at that point in 06 and 07 and like is there not a better time to like buy all in like at that point you're right. hooked like you're never getting off yeah. it. like it's too oh, perfect yeah. But yeah, Man, I was, that, that awesome. time was so fun. And what what made it even more fun is how competitive the Big 12 was at that time. I remember yeah. the big time Heisman debates because you, you got Chase Daniel at Mizzou. You got Sam Bradford at OU. You got Colt McCoy at Texas. You got Graham Harrell at Texas Tech. And all those guys would just go at it. And there was some dogfights. Todd Reesing yeah. at KU. I don't really want to mention him, but I guess he was okay. Sod Reesing. That's yeah. how we call well, it. That's uh, what exactly. we call him, baby. You know what? He was good for KU. And that's yeah. saying that's that's good for them. But like 
uh, yeah, at the end of the day, he got his face shoved into the Arrowhead Earth by yeah. our V-line. So. It was yeah. beautiful. Beautiful. Um, no, what a, what a glorious time. What a glorious time to fall in love with Mizzou, man. I do have a thinking back on it. So much fun. I got a question for Uncle Truman. Do you still have the vacation house? No, we don't. We actually sold it at, <laughs> at an inopportune <laughs> time. You know we where I'm going pro- with this, right? No, you know, I don't. You need to go buy that house back then. If you guys bought it in the 2007 season, Dad Government, you need to go buy, <laughs> go back and buy it so we can spin up the juju again. You know what I mean? I think you're on to something there. I think you're on to something. You got to so find, go find the property, house. boys. Property, go find the property, go. go find the house, buy it. Let me know where it is. I'll go start sweet talking them or something, you know. And, and next thing I'll you know, we'll have a 07 season all over again. We can just make it a Woods Water Mizzou uh, station. That's where we can all record. Yeah. We'll all drive yeah, there. Yeah. I'll drive Heck there every yeah. Wednesday to film the podcast. That's right. <laughs> we'll fly you. I'll, I'll get some of my pilot buddies fly to Kansas City, pick you up. Hit me up in Roosterville, bud. That's right. Um, hey, come up in Kansas City, but make me drive up from Arkansas. That's yeah, you gotta drive. Is. You gotta drive. Hey, I got lots of pilot buddies, <laughs> and they need lots of flying time. So we'll just start dispatching them all over the place. Uh. I am kind of jealous because y'all got to come in on the on the high times, you know, like where I was when I knew Mizzou was going to be the rest of my life was Nebraska kicking the end zone, uh, you know, and so I fell in love with them through the really really bad hard hard stuff, but. Getting to come in and getting to just taste that right away, like I, I kind of wonder how we look at the last eight years differently. Uh, to me, I'm kind of ah, well, back to childhood, <laughs> you know. And yeah. for for you <laughs> yeah. guys, it's like, man, this sucks. I never seen a zoo like this, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> You're kind of right because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I've heard all the stories though. Like when my dad was in college, uh, he and his buddies used to go to the game. He, they they would go to the games just to tailgate, drink beer, and listen to Cardinals baseball on the radio in like the reactor <laughs> parking lot. They wouldn't even go in and watch the game. And I don't know how old I was when I first heard the story of the infamous fifth down play of 1990. Uh, with Colorado, the the guy forgot to turn the line judge thing or the turn the down marker. But then I was like, damn, that's not even the worst now in my lifetime. Like, I had so much work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for Uh, real. So we'll start with you on this one, Uncle Truman, your favorite Mizzou moment. Gosh, it's it's so easy for me to to take the low-hanging fruit. Um, I've been at Mizzou's two most recent – uh, field stormings um, in 2014 whenever we beat Arkansas but the 2010 one against OU completely takes the cake for me I was telling Skeeter uh, pre, pre-show that uh, that 2010 season kind of holds a special place for me just I think the 13 and 14 and, and 07 teams really get a lot of credit but finally getting over that hump of beating OU was just amazing. And and me at 13 years old with uh, Tanner or Truman Burner, 
uh, we got to run down on the field together. And that's just something that, that I'll never forget. <laughs> also an overlooked, uh, moment for me was that same season in 2010. I was there, I think it was week three or four, whenever we were playing the San Diego state Aztecs. Ooh, yeah. TJ Mo, the mid miracle. miracle. I was, I would never leave a game early, but I was so ticked because we did have some promise going into that year that we are about to lose to some mountain West school. So I was literally out of my seat on the concourse about to exit the stadium. Whenever I looked down and TJ Mo could have easily went out of bounds, but he tiptoes down the sideline with less than a minute left and our season is saved. Yeah. That's a, he catches a lot of slack or flack, I guess, whatever you want to say, call it. Um, but yeah, I, you got to give him props on that one. That was disconnect the football player from the political commentator. And yeah, yes. I'm a, yes. a big fan yeah. of TJ Moe's yes. time at Mizzou. That's so same. I got a, I don't have a barber anymore because I'm bald, but I used to have a barber, uh, Jim's barbershop in Liberty, Missouri. It's painted black and gold. It's he's the ultimate Mizzou home booster. He's amazing. But I go in for my beard to get trimmed every now and then. And last time I was in there, I it was uh, I told him, "Hey, I'm a two holder now from Missouri." He's like, "That's awesome." And he told me a story about that game. He goes, "I had a neighbor who uh, wanted to tailgate with me and go to you know go to a game, so I took him." And he just wasn't into it. And it was it was that game, and he was like, yeah, "Man, this sucks. Let's get out of here." And so he'd been a ticket holder since 1985. He never left a game early. And oh no! Yep. And no, at yeah, halftime, that neighbor no. was finally getting on his nerves. He's like, all right, it's fine. Let's leave. Let's get out of here. And so they get out. He listens to the, uh, the game on the car on the way back, and he hears he misses the mid-mo miracle. And he told me, he goes, I never invited that guy to a game ever again, and I never left him to a game <laughs> early ever again. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Sam, what, what's your favorite Mizzou moment? Uh, I'm going to take this to the hardwood 2012 before this past season. The last time Kansas came into Missouri arena college game day was there. Um, I think I was 10 years old at the time. That atmosphere was electric the entire game. That was kind of the first basketball team I fell absolutely in love with. Uh, Marcus Denman came English. I could go on and on, but that whole game and that atmosphere was like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. It, it would look, it looked awesome. So the success from this past basketball season was like, yeah, it was, it got close to that game. So I'm going to say 2012 when we beat Kansas. That's a good one. Very right. good one. So you get to pick you're you're in control. You get to pick national championship for Mizzou. What sport? Football. And it's not even close. So, why it's not even close for me. One of my roommates, I kid you not, is from outside Atlanta, Georgia, is the biggest Bulldogs fan I know. And he just keeps going on and on about his Georgia Bulldogs the past couple of years. So I would just love a football national championship just to just so I can be like, we we did something finally. And I think the party in Columbia, Harpo's wouldn't have to would be full for like a month if we wanted to have like big, big cat chase daniel they would have to pay for so many tabs they would harpo's would be golden so football for me it's not even close uncle truman yeah 
I, I want to be a contrarian here because I, I really am a huge basketball guy at heart. I, I only played basketball in high school. I didn't play football, but being in the conference that we're in, it's impossible not for me to say football. Fellas, I have so many receipts on Twitter. I've booked Martin. I will be insufferable whenever. I'm not saying if. I'm saying when because I am that confident these things pay off because it's happening. It's happening, and we are going to be the most hated group on Twitter collectively. We're not already. Yeah, I mean, we're already. I was talking to I was talking to Skeeter uh, pre-show, but uh, Case and Kalia, they post some site posted a video of like an Arkansas lineman like squatting like seven hundred pounds, and I just like calm. I just like calmly replied, "All this just to get you know cooked by Mizzou." I've got hog fans just book, bookmarking that all in my oh, mentions. No. <laughs> I'm oh, like, golly. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm like 10 and four. I mean, it doesn't, the record says it. I mean, so. Gotta hope so. Yeah. Uh, so since this is Woods, Water, Mizzou, uh, talking to y'all in pre-show about your out, outdoor activities, answer Truman. Uh, you know, you, you talked about the fishing. Uh, I know you told me you used, used to coon hunt way back when. Heck yeah. And, but now, what what's your outdoor hobby now? Because I don't think too many people are going to be prepared for this. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I, admittedly, I'm not as big of a, a hunter and fisher nowadays, but I am a surfer. My in-laws own a surf boat and we go down to Table Rock into Beaver Lake and, and surf. But growing up, yes, uh, my granddad was a big coon hunter and there's a summer that I would go probably every other night with him because there was oh, no yeah. school and, and it is some of the, the most fun that I had with him growing up. And then we would go over, Skeeter would know, um, to Oklahoma and fish on grand lake for white bass and crappie and um that's really the extent of of my outdoorsman (laughs) heck yeah dude there's coon hunters are a dying breed man my uh my brother-in-law my brother-in-law matt he uh he took me for my first time same thing his granddad took him and that was that was their thing like they almost exclusively did that i think they may have dabbled in a little bit of deer hunting but and he's a big fisherman too, but then when he married into our family, he started getting more involved in uh, during turkey hunting, but he still has that itch every year. He's like, you know, trying to find people who got coon dogs. And and I'll tell you what, we have, I, I want to get him on so we can tell this story because we almost got arrested the very first night I, I ever went coon hunting. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that because it's, it's a pretty crazy story. Um but yeah, dude, coon hunters are coon hunters are a dying breed. That that don't it, save the turkeys. It's you. Need, we need to take them out. We really do. They are. They actually are an animal that you know. There's most animals have a, a great purpose and are beneficial to the environment right. and stuff. But but coons are one. My my grandpa would get calls from farmers that they're just tearing up their crops. Yeah, and, and they would call my granddad to come and take them out. Yeah, um, they've they've killed six of my mom and dad's chickens this year. 
six of them. Yeah. Like gotten yep. in the coop and killed them. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah, yeah. it's pretty wild. My mom is, ooh, my mama is mad at these kids that they killed her. <laughs> they killed her dad gum chickens, man. You know, know, living down in Louisiana, what I did, I was able to feed, uh, put feed out for deer. And I worked for a river service loading barges with corn and soybeans. So oh, you can imagine the yeah. amount of feed that five bucket, <laughs> five gallon bucket a day or even a week. And I had all you could eat buffet out there. And one picture at 2.30 in the morning, and I counted 22 sets of eyes oh on God. this pile of feed. Holy smokes, dude. So, yeah, coons, like coon hunters might be a dying breed, but coons are not a dying no, breed. No, dude. And for They're anybody not. freaking out over the coons, I had an old man that I used to work with at a MFA in Neosho, Missouri there. And uh, Mr. Mike, he... We had coons getting in, and they were getting into the dog food. So we set in live animal traps, and Mr. Mike would take them home and shoot them and clean them. And he said, "Man, you get that gristle out and cook them up barbecue. They're good." And I was like, "No, I can't oh, eat no, that." I've never... <laughs> I said, I, "I said I can't eat that." He goes, "Well, don't talk about coon meat being nasty when you I say you eat a hot dog." That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, Sam, what what are your outdoor activities i know you told me pre-show but I'll, I'll let you say them yeah no so whenever i get time to go home from my busy schedule and it's my dad's free we always we love to go fishing so we'll go we'll take our boat down to the lake of the ozarks when it's crappie spawning season we try to hammer them as much as we can yeah so buddy. i like to do that i love to do that i know uh i posted some Pick some a couple times of some crappie that I've caught. I know Cole reached out. It was like, "Hey, nice crappie, man!" I was Heck like, "Yeah, yeah it's about it's a shame I can't get out enough." So I haven't been in a while, but yeah. Aside from fishing, I uh, love to travel and go see lots of different national parks. Um, and obviously now, uh, big tailgater. So uh, I always try to find you know the free parking lot on campus and just you know get all the buddies out and you know have a good time pregame before games. So it's pretty nice. Good deal. Well, we love tailgating, man. Yeah. Uh, Case or Cole, y'all have any questions for him? Case, do you have anything, brother? I can't think at the moment. I think we covered a lot of stuff tonight. The bobbers. Bobbers on your brain. Bobbers on my brain now, buddy. (laughs) Shout out Logboat. I mean, aside from, I guess this goes for both of you, aside from, you know, the, uh, the potential that this season has um what do you guys what are you guys looking most forward to for this academic year it doesn't have to be football um it could be basketball it could be coach jackson and baseball it could be coach anderson and you know softball getting back at it what are you guys looking forward to Tr- uncle truman you go first like i said i'm a i'm a big basketball guy so i am really excited for this team and y- you know the thing about coach gates whenever we first hired him I remember looking at his like resume and, and the players that he was bringing with him from Cleveland state. And I'm like, okay, is this guy much different than Conzo? It looks like he kind of bully balled people. Trey Gomillion was like a, the conference horizon league conference defensive player of the year. Um, Des Moines Hodge was known as a good defender too. It's like, man, that's kind of disappointing. I'm wanting some, some people who can score. And then, 
he takes the roster that we have and and Kobe Brown somehow turns into a 40 percent three-point shooter in year one <laughs> no kidding um, right no kidding I, I think that that the part about last season that's most impressive and why it was so enjoyable as a fan is that we were kind of just dancing with the devil we the expectations we had going into the year were non-existent if you would have said that we were a tournament team at the beginning of the year i'd have been like yeah right that's funny so every good thing that happened that year was unexpected and that just made it even better yeah so a, a year under his belt and i know that you know the transfer portal we we came in second place with a lot of guys you can't tell me that this year's roster is not more talented than last year's roster right and Absolutely. Uh, i'm really really excited to see what he does with with things um with even more of his guys into the system yeah that's a good answer sam what you got um i'm not gonna try to pick you back i'm gonna try to go one thing athletically and then another thing academically just being on campus since it'll be my last year but i'm excited to see you know wrestling and gymnastics just continue to take another step i mean yeah. keegan o'toole again won another individual championship it seems three p yeah i want to see him get another one um i've actually had a class with him so uh fun fact uh key i don't know if keegan listens uh at all but uh say that and then uh gymnastics i went to my first gymnastics meet last year and i think it was the auburn one because one of my roommates had like a like was from hawaii so like he loves suny lee so we went to the auburn meet and broke when it broke the attendance record and i'm it's hard to win in gymnastics in the sec it is like the football of gymnastics it's impossible so uh, looking forward just to see their success and continue to see them grow. Cause I think not a lot of people talk about them as, you know, they don't get the exposure, you know, that the football or the basketball program gets right. so the more exposure they can get the better. And then just academically being on, just being on campus and in, in Columbia, you know, this being my last year and I just turned 21 a couple months ago. So going out, you know, on game day weekends, you know, Friday nights, you know, just yeah, that, man trying to soak it all in, you know, before adulthood uh, hits and just trying to enjoy it because my first whole year on camp or first year at Mizzou, I didn't even live on campus. I was at home because of the pandemic. So I kind of lost a whole year. So just trying to enjoy all the little things and the pageantries that make being a college student, you know, the greatest, what I'm kind of looking forward to more than anything else. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And that's just fun to enjoy it. That's right. And that I mean that goes for that goes for life, man. Like just because you're going into your last year in Mizzou, man, life's just getting started. Yeah, I know. My uh my three roommates and I, we were like, I didn't know them at all last year, but uh we left for the first time this past year. Um and we went to Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, we hadn't known each other for three months and we we're like, Yeah, let's go take a ten hour car drive to Knoxville, Tennessee, uh yeah. for a game. So I think one thing we're gonna try to do after we all graduate is like we pick a road game every year that we can try to make it and like go see a different college town in a different stadium. So that'd be awesome. Very yeah. Fun. We're going yeah. to go into Nashville this year. So we're hoping 2019 does not repeat itself in Nashville. 
Oh God! God, no, right? <laughs> no. no chance. Sam, no. did you did you do us a favor when you see uh, Drinkwitz out and about on campus handing out donuts or pizza, all all the stuff he does? You know, just give us a little shameless plug to him, like Coach. We need to get you to water uh, Mizzou. I'll I'll do my best. Uh, one of my roommates actually works for the football team. He like films for him, so I'll, I'll I'll let him know and see if he can get a word, get a word with Drinker if I see him on campus. The only problem is is I live off campus, and so every time he's on campus is like when I don't have class. So it's like I missed it whenever they put like their videos yeah. out, and so it's like I can do this when I'm on campus. He's been teasing us with some retweets and likes here lately. So okay, uh, I'll, he's coming I'll see on. If I can, we got to give him that yes. just a little nudge is all we need. Yeah. I'll do nudge. that to any basketball guys or Gates if I see him too. I think I met Gates for the first time, I think sometime last season. He's taller than I thought he was. He's he a is. big guy. He's like 6'2", I think, or something like yeah. that. He's a, he's a pretty tall guy. Not as tall as, you know, our case, but Case is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joker's got a duck to fit through a dead gum doorway, but anyhow. <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh, Noah Carter said he's going to work his magic on Coach Gates. So I saw that. There you who go. knows? Maybe we'll have both coaches on uh, before too long, and that would be pretty awesome for this podcast. But before we let y'all go, we'll let y'all do your plugs on where to find you. And Uncle Truman, <laughs> I guess we'll let you plug your fantasy football website. And <laughs> yeah. Your- <laughs> Also, your podcast. Let let our listeners know this great name. <laughs> it's called the Watermelon Sugar Podcast. Go there for all your fantasy football needs, fellas. FCSFantasyFootball.com. Um, you'll get some good content. Follow me on Twitter, Uncle Truman. Um, you'll be, I mean, you'll be hard pressed to find a guy who likes to troll Arkansas and OU fans more than me. Heck yeah. I make a sport out of it. Um, so yeah, hit me up on the socials. A uh, shameless Twitter plug for me. It's at the Sam Bruce with two E's at the end. And I think in my bio, it says I've never lost a tailgate. So we're going to keep that record going this year. And uh, there you go. it's always easy to find me at games because I usually have a poster board sign with me. It's kind of what I've been known for now. So uh, if you ever see me at a game, you know, uh, got to link up for sure. Yeah. Also, from big news for us, I tweeted about it, but we're now on Pandora, iHeart, and Apple Podcast. If you just enter in on your search bar, Woods, Water, Mizzou. So we should be on all major platforms. Uh, don't forget to follow, uh, like, subscribe on our YouTube channel, uh, Instagram, Twitter. And also, you can find Case running our Facebook page, Woods, Water, Mizzou Podcast. And we appreciate all our listeners and all the fans coming on this year with us. Uh, But with that, next week we're going to be getting into some pretty heavy football season preview. uh, It's coming running. But uh, let's go. Hope you all have a good week. Sam, Uncle Truman, thank you all for coming on. And as always, M I Z Z O U Z O U. Go, Tigers. Y'all take care.